0: Well, good morning everyone Um, it's great to be together again this morning and this morning we are looking at the last in our kairos series where we are talking about um, what god is speaking to us about in this season and opportunities that we've got to change and grow and one of the things i believe god's been speaking to me about has been linked to some building work that's been happening across the road from where i live Uh, They're building new houses and they've they've been digging the foundations and there's this huge, great big drill that's been drilling deep into the ground. And every so often as I've been sat in my house, the house has shaken. And this has happened for the last few months or so. And there was one occasion when I was spending time with Jesus and the house shook again. And I felt like God spoke to me in that moment. And I felt like he said to me that, the shaking that I was experiencing was significant in terms of the season we're in and some of the stuff he's doing in our own lives and our own hearts. And he said to me, some of the shaking that's happening, some of the stripping away of stuff that he's doing in this season is because he is building deeper foundations. It's because he wants to take stuff deeper in our hearts and put what's most important at the front front and center, which is our relationship with him and our pursuit of him. And so I just want to talk um, this morning about a couple of the key foundations that I feel like Jesus is really wanting to dig deep in our hearts in this season. And we're going to look at it based in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 7. But just to give you some context before we get going, in the lead up to this passage, the Apostle Paul is painting a beautiful picture of the glory of the new covenant. He's talked a bit about Moses, who was under the old covenant before Jesus, and he's talking about the fact that Moses encountered so much of the manifest presence of God and God's glory that he had to actually cover his face with a veil because people couldn't stand to look at the glory of God that was coming out of him. And then he starts to talk about the new covenant that we're now in because of Jesus. And in chapter 3, verse 10, he makes this staggering statement. Listen to what he says. He says, the first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, the old covenant, which, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Paul is saying what Moses encountered in the old covenant was glorious, but it's, it's far superseded by the new covenant that we now live in. And when we get to chapter 4, verse 7, Paul is still reflecting on the new covenant and the great news of Jesus and what his death and resurrection means for us. And in chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. I just wanna pause here for a moment and say, I believe that the first foundation that God is wanting to really drill into our hearts in this season is the fact that we carry great treasure. Paul recognises in this verse that we are weak, that we're fragile, that we mess up, we get stuff wrong. In fact, he likens us to a fragile clay jar. How many of you can relate to feeling like a fragile clay jar? And Paul actually says, look, this is actually a really good thing. He says this is good because your life is meant to point to God. You know, the truth is that people are meant to see how we trust and how we forgive and the hope we carry and the joy we carry. And they're meant to see our perseverance and affliction and our courage in revealing Jesus to people. And they're meant to say, wow, there must be a God. How? There's no way that that person could achieve that and do that. There must be a God. Our lives are meant to point to him. And when we read this scripture, I wonder if many of us can relate to the fact that we are like fragile clay jars and that's easier for us to get our heads around and maybe we focus mostly on that bit. But I wonder how many of us have ever spent time meditating on the fact that we have been given great treasure to carry. And Paul recognises that we've been given great treasure. You know, the great treasure of the new covenant, the great treasure of the life-changing reality of Jesus and what he's achieved for us on the cross, which means that we now get to come into relationship with our Heavenly Father as sons and daughters. It changes everything. How are you doing at being blown away by the great treasure that you've been given to carry? Are you focusing more on your fragility or are you focusing more on the treasure? And uh, just a couple of weeks ago now, I was with a friend at the river and we just decided we'd take some time to pray. And so I just began to reflect on the good news of the gospel and just began to thank God for stuff. I was like, thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you're kind. Thank you that you've got good purposes for my life. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you that you would humble yourself and be obedient to death. Thank you, Jesus, that you took all of my pain and my my mess and my sin and my shame on yourself. And man, you were punished in my place, and then you died. You actually gave your life so that I could be free, so that I could uh, come into a relationship with my Heavenly Father so that my life would be forever different. And as I began to just meditate on this amazing truth, God's presence rushed in and my friend and I encountered the grace of God in a fresh way. And of course, God's grace is at the core of the great treasure we carry because none of us deserve any of this. And there's something about speaking the truth out loud and praising God and praying and declaring the great news of the gospel that gives us a fresh understanding of the great treasure we've been given and so I just want to encourage you this week why don't you t- take some time and meditate on the great treasure that you carry the truth is that we are weak and fragile but we carry a great treasure and when people see our lives it should point them to him so that's the first foundation And as we continue in this passage, we learn from Paul that the treasure we've been given is going to be resisted. But what we learn also from Paul is that he continues to reveal Christ anyway. He continues to show people the great treasure he's been given. Why? So that many other people can also take hold of the treasure and also so that God is glorified. And so we read in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, says this, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. You know, Paul paints a pretty stark picture of the resistance he's experienced as he's made the decision to serve Jesus. You know, as he's made the choice to share the treasure of the gospel with the people around him, he, he experienced resistance and yet he continues to choose to keep revealing the treasure, to keep revealing Jesus to the people around him. Why? Because he knows that it means that many more people will come to know God and also it means that God will be glorified. Wow! I don't know about you, but as I was preparing this talk and looking particularly at this passage, I felt thoroughly provoked. You know, I think I can think of trials and challenges I've been through and perhaps relate to feeling you know, hard-pressed or perplexed or knocked down. I can also relate to the fact that I've never been driven to despair and never been destroyed. God has been faithful. But when it comes to sharing my faith and revealing the treasure I carry to other people, I have never lived in danger of death. I've never lived in danger of death for following Jesus. And I would imagine the same would be true for many of us who are watching. In fact, I think for me, maybe the worst kind of resistance I might ever experience would be maybe some misunderstanding or some mockery or maybe some rejection. And yet so often I don't reveal Jesus to people around me because I'm scared of what they might think. You know, the resistance to the gospel that you face in your workplace, in your families, in the nation you're watching from, or maybe the nation you feel called to, might look different to some of the resistance I've experienced. But Paul's provocation is the same for all of us. There will be resistance, but it's all worth it so that many, many people come to know God and so that God is glorified. And as I was preparing this, I actually had an opportunity to give a prophetic word to someone who I was connecting with. I was buying something from a local business in the town. And I'd read this and I thought to myself, I could actually use this opportunity to prophesy over this lady. And I felt a little bit of fear in my heart, but then I thought, what's the worst that could happen? the worst that could happen is uh, she might misunderstand me and she might reject me, she might not want to connect anymore. But then I thought, what's the best that could happen? And I thought the best that could happen is that the prophetic word I bring could open her heart up to want to have more conversations with me about Jesus, about the treasure I carry, and ultimately it could lead her to wanting to give her life to Jesus. And so I sent the prophetic word to her and actually, as it happens, I haven't heard from her since. But do you know what, I'm so glad that I took a step, because you just never know what God's going to do with your obedience. And so God is shaking me at the moment. He's doing some internal shaking in my heart. He's asking me, have I grasped the greatness of the treasure I've been given? Have I really comprehended what God has put inside me, what God has given to me? And also, am I willing to share that treasure with other people, knowing that I'm likely to face resistance? But am I going to choose to do it anyway so that many other people get access to God, get to encounter his love, and so that God is glorified? And the last thing I feel like God has been speaking to me about, and I feel like this is another key foundation that God is wanting to drill deep into our hearts in this season. And it's this, it's the importance of us living with an eternal perspective. 2 Corinthians 7 continues, Paul continues like this. That is why we never give up. Though our outward bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see Will last forever. You know, one of the reasons Paul was able to keep boldly revealing the treasure that he carried and continue to show people Jesus, even in the midst of challenges and resistance, is because he lived with an eternal perspective. You know, Paul realized that what he was seeing and experiencing in his life was temporary, it would soon be swallowed up by a greater and truer reality of eternity with the Father, where there'd be no more pain and no more suffering and no more sickness and no more resistance, but just undiluted intimacy with God. And Paul fixed his eyes on that reality. And in light of that reality, the resistance and the challenges he experienced, he was able to describe as small and temporary. Fixing his eyes on what could not be seen enabled Paul to never give up. Eternity motivated him to continually reveal the great treasure he'd been given. Let me just illustrate it this way, okay? I've got this rope here. I want you to use your imagination for me. And so I've got this rope that is across the studio here, but I want you to imagine that this rope goes on forever. Okay, so it goes out the studio doors and wraps around the world a few times and it just keeps going on and on forever. And I want you to imagine that this rope represents eternity it represents a timeline of your life and it goes on forever and ever and ever and the truth is you and i are going to exist for eternity that's the truth we are going to exist forever and ever and ever this small part of the rope here this represents our existence here on the earth this represents your life on the earth okay Now, the truth is we have a a few short years on the earth and then we have an eternity somewhere else. And Paul is trying to say, don't be consumed with this part of your life. Don't be so caught up in the here and now that you forget about eternity. Don't just focus on this part of your existence, fix your eyes on eternity. And it's challenging, isn't it? Because so often we spend all of our time focused on the here and now. You know, we say, I'm going to work really hard and really hard and really hard so that I can actually enjoy this part of my life here. Or, you know, I want to get that grade and go to that university and have that job and maybe get enough money to buy that house. And we can be so caught up with this part of our existence. And when we face challenges or resistance, it's very easy to lose hope, to give up, even get angry offended with God. Paul's exhortation to us is, look up, lift your gaze, Fix your eyes on the things that you can't see. Focus on eternity. Invest in things now that last and impact forever. Get hold of the amazing treasure that you carry. Reveal it to people all around you. Invest your time praying and crying out to God for his kingdom to break in on the earth. Invest in stuff now in this short life that will have ripples throughout eternity and when you face challenges and when you face resistance don't lose heart don't give up see your circumstances in the light of eternity in light of forever so that you can say like paul that your troubles are actually small and temporary against the backdrop of eternity i just want to finish by reading a story from this great book, it's called Trump for the Lord. It's about Corrie Ten Boom and the travels that she had around the world to share Jesus with people. And um, there's just one story in this book, which I think epitomizes someone who has got hold of this stuff, has got hold of these foundations. Uh, It's clear that they understand the treasure they carry. Um, It's clear that they've experienced resistance and they know what that's like, but it's also clear that they have an eternal perspective and they they are investing now in everything that's to come. Let me just read this story to you. It says this. The old woman was lying on a small sofa propped up by pillows. Her body was bent and twisted almost beyond recognition by the dreaded disease of multiple sclerosis. Her aged husband spent all his time caring for her since she was unable to move off the sofa. I walked across the room and kissed her wrinkled cheek. She tried to look up, but the muscles in her neck were atrophied so she could only roll her eyes upward and smile. She raised her right hand slowly in jerks. It was the only part of her body she could control, and with her gnarled and deformed knuckles, she caressed my face. I reached over and kissed the index finger of that hand, for it was with this one finger that she had so long glorified God. Beside her couch was a vintage typewriter. Every morning, her faithful husband would rise praising the Lord And after caring for his wife's need and feeding her a simple breakfast, he would prop her into a sitting position on the couch, placing pillows all around her so she wouldn't topple over. Then he would move that ancient black typewriter in front of her on a small table. From an old cupboard, he would remove a stack of cheap yellow paper. And then with that blessed one finger, she would begin to type. All day and far into the night, she would type. She translated Christian books into Russian Latvian and the language of her people, always using just that one finger, she typed out the pages. Portions of the Bible, the books of Billy Graham, Watchman Nee and Corrie Ten Boom all came from her typewriter and that was why I was there, to thank her. Not only does she translate their books, her husband said, as he hovered close by during our conversation, but she she, she prays for these men every day while she types. Sometimes it takes a long time for her her finger to hit the key or for her to get the paper in the machine. But all the time she is praying for those whose books she's working on. And when I read that, I thought, wow, so challenging. There's someone who understands that she carries a great treasure, that she has a significant purpose on this earth. Someone who understands challenges and trials and resistance and also someone who is living with an eternal perspective, who's investing now in what is going to count forever. And so I just want to encourage us, let's, go, let's allow God to take those truths, to take those foundations deep into our spirits in this season. And I'm just going to pray for us. Yeah, thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your truth. I just want to pray for you, particularly if you're watching this morning and you don't yet know Jesus, I just want to say to you there is a great treasure available for you there is a very great treasure available for you and i just want to encourage you if you've never given your life to jesus and you you're thinking actually i want to tap into this life that you've been talking about then i want to encourage you to just pray just ask jesus to reveal himself to you ask jesus to come live in your heart give yourself to him and uh Yeah, Father, I just pray for anyone watching who doesn't yet know you. Father, would you reveal yourself right now? Would you come close? Would you draw near? Would you speak to them? Father, I thank you that you are the answer for everything they need, God. That living for you is the best decision we could ever make. I just want to encourage you, if that's you, to get in touch with us. Send us an email because we would love to connect with you and just send you some more information about what it means to follow Jesus. But for the rest of us, why don't you just put your hands out. I'm just going to pray. Father, I just want to thank you that you have given us a great treasure. Jesus, I pray that you would blow our brains with the enormity of the treasure we've been given, of the beauty of the gospel. Pray, God, give us revelation that changes how we live. And Father, I pray that we would be a church family who lives with a heavenly perspective who fixes our eyes on eternity, so that no matter what resistance we face, no matter what challenges we might come across, we would continue to share the treasure you've given us, to give the treasure away to the people around us, so that many, many, many more people would come to know you. And so that, Father, you would be glorified in us and through us. I pray for these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.